The Grandmother Stories Seeking Light in Dark Times Hello, I'm Katherine Matheson. Writer, grandmother, crone, aspiring wise woman. I've walked this earth through six decades and even the fools among us can see the situation in this world that our children will inherit is dire. This podcast is for my grandchildren to share my deepest secrets, the lessons I've learned, and the brilliant pieces of incredible joy I've managed to find even in my darkest hours. I'm sending this out to all of you, dear grandchildren, because I know you have come into this life with a purpose, just like every single child on the planet today. It's easy to forget sometimes that your voice, your gifts, your insights, your presence in the world matters. The world needs your light because we are all seeking light in dark times. Episode 15, Ancestral Memories and the Full Moon Ceremony. Dear Grandchildren, This month, August 2023, holds two full moons. So it seems an auspicious month to dwell on ancestral memories and what a magical full moon ceremony might look like. In the next two episodes, For the new moon and the blue moon this month, we will look at stories about how to find your internal keys to unlock your hidden memories, and then how to apply this knowledge as it begins to surface. In this episode, we will consider how genetic memory works. So, how far back does your family memory reach? How about your own memory? Can you remember what your ancestors knew? I promise you these are not trick questions. Genetic memory is a much debated concept, long frowned upon by some parts of the scientific community, but there are those who say, well, not so fast. How do we explain the savants, those prodigies able to play whole symphonies by the time they're two years old, or people who seem to have been born with amazing skills in languages, mathematics, and the arts. Daryl Treffert, who studied savants, wrote for the Scientific American in 2015 saying, quote, Genetic memory, simply put, is complex abilities and actual sophisticated knowledge inherited along with other more typical and commonly accepted physical and behavioral characteristics. In his blog post entitled Genetic Memory, How We Know Things We Never Learned, Treffert proposed that genetic memory exists in all of us. Author Brian Butterworth's book, What Counts? Every Brain is Hardwired for Math, written in 1999, discusses his theory that babies have all kinds of inborn abilities, and that includes abilities with numbers. Mathematics, he says, 
has been a part of the human genome inherited from our ancestors for about 30,000 years. Well, if this part's true, I can tell you I did not get the mathematics gene in my DNA. <laughs> Just saying. Well, there has been lots written on the subject. There is still no specific study that can tell us for certain that we carry our ancestors' memories in our DNA. Eye color and shape of toes, yes. Memory, not yet. So if it is a thing we're just waiting to see proof for, then how might these memories, these inborn abilities, be passed along? The answer might be within our RNA. Like DNA, RNA, or ribonucleic acid, exists in every cell in our bodies. We have two types of cells in our body, somatic cells and germline cells. Germline cells being the cells found in the sperm of males and the eggs of females, and somatic cells being all the rest. Science tells us that DNA can only be passed through germline cells. However, the same may not be true for RNA. In fact, RNAs have evolved to become like the Swiss Army knives of our cells. According to the Oxford Academics Journal of Nucleic Acids Research, Volume 50, Issue 10, 10th of June, 2022, there is a helpful video called The RNA Origin of Life on YouTube that simplifies this concept. In his TED Talk called Transgenerational Biology, The Biology of Heritable Memories, Dr. Oded Rachavi showed why he believes it is possible that generational memories may be passed to us through our RNA. Dear grandchildren, there was a time when people worked with their memories the way we work with computers, when they learned to store huge amounts of information and knowledge as stories and songs and descriptions. They learned how to remember each event, each season, each year they lived in a way that allowed them to pass this information along to others in entertaining ways and to listen as others told of their lives' events and insights, so that very little was lost, and most of what was known could be retained. They learned to retell the most important stories through ritual and ceremony, how to hold the most important knowledge within the deepest parts of themselves, how to commit all this learning into their DNA, their RNA, their bones, and their blood, and in this long-ago time when magic was real, this is how symbols came to hold such meaning. Before books and libraries, before written languages and their alphabets, a person with a trained mind knew layers of meaning and nuance within one symbol. With one symbol, they spooled entire hard drives worth of information through the cells of their bodies. The veils between dimensions were so much thinner then than they are now. Symbols of universal meaning that glimmered between the veils could be read as light codes, to be read and remembered by the wise ones, 
and they could be programmed into the crystals and the rocks and even the trees and the plants of the land. Once, on the cusp of a calamitous event, a man named Merlin studied the stars. He was one of dozens of keepers standing here in the center of the great circle of giant oak trees at the wood chant. It was already a bright starlit night, and every branch and leaf on each towering tree seemed visible. He smelled all the colors of herb and green and wood, and the soft grass underfoot added a particular mossy scent that he always enjoyed. The keepers were here for the full moon ceremony, marking the beginning of harvest season. They were here to mark what seemed to be the most abundant harvest season any of them had ever experienced. None could recall berries ever tasting so sweet. Fish had never been so fat. Their storehouses were fast being filled and all signs showed there would be more than enough for everyone through the winter. But rather than exult in the richness of the harvest, all knew they may well be putting food away that would have to last them for much longer than one winter. Many new storehouses had been built, and most of them were underground. For, if the signs were correct, the change foreseen by the wise council was almost upon them. Messages had been sent to all peoples in all lands that they knew, and the wise ones of all places had confirmed their own knowing of the change that was coming, for it would affect all of them, too. All the wise ones in all the lands were watching the skies, just as they were here in the brilliant land. Great care had been taken through many long years to ensure the young ones had as much practice in their remembering as was possible for them to have. The wind was gentle on Merlin's cheek. The full moon was soon to rise. The keepers were standing in nine circles nine in each circle. They were ringed by the nine guardians, which were enormous thousand-year oaks. Each of the venerated massive tree trunks stood hundreds of feet, dozens of meters tall, with wide branches intermingled, yet with enough open space for the night sky to be mostly visible in the center of the large clearing they encircled. A natural rock outcrop in the center of the clearing held a large circular carved stone bowl, filled with clear, cold water, taken from the brook that ran through this part of the forest on its way to the river below the village. The moon would rise on the southeastern horizon, and from the first moment its light would fill the bowl with its reflection. They had been standing this way since the sun had set, there had been more than enough time for the 81 keepers present to sing three full rounds of The Remembering, alternately, all together, and then each taking their turn to sing the solo parts, 
of the ancient song of wisdom and exploits that could be sung all the way back to the first song of the first keeper through more than 300 rounds. Singing all the rounds of the remembering would take more than a week, but for events like this one, the three most recent rounds going back three generations would be more than enough to rouse the magic of this place. And as the magic stirred, the air around the keepers began glowing, as if the clearing was also filled with stars. As the magic stirred, elementals of water and plant and wood were drawn to the circle where they hovered, glowing and watching. And as the magic stirred, there appeared above the heads of each of the keepers themselves a glowing sigil, each unique, yet glowing with the same violet and rose-gold hue. And as the full moon rose, its rays bathed the whole of the clearing in a silver-blue light, illuminating the trees and their leaves until they sparkled too. The keepers had stopped their song with the moon's first light, standing in silence for the long minutes it took before the moon cleared the horizon. Then one voice rang out clear and soaring, taking the part of the moon as it speaks to the earth, as it soothes the land with its glow. Another voice took the part of the earth to answer the moon in gratitude. With each passing moment, everything glows more brightly, the water in the bowl, and the light cast by the elementals, and the radiance of the sigils. And now all the keepers join the song, voices raised in harmony, calling on the magic rising here to be gathered and held, gathered and held, gathered and held, until the moon is now directly overhead and its image is completely contained within the bowl. In this instant, all in the clearing is almost as bright as day, dazzling in the most intense shades of blue and green and gold and silver as a column of light is now shining from the center of the clearing to the moon and its moon magic is contained, just held ever so lightly as the keepers take a breath together. And in this moment, a new magic is being kindled a new energy containing all parts of the work that has been offered, the light and the joy of the elementals, the voices and the sigils and the circles of the keepers, the root and tree and branch magic of the great oaken circle, the foundation of stone and the stone water bowl and the moon in water it contains. And as the intention for this magic is repeated, in whispers now, moving from one circle of keepers to the next as a spiraling and growing call to the magic being made here, a great sibilant rush of power can be felt moving from the earth to the moon and from the moon to the earth, first up the column of light and then down the column of light, moving now in a great looping and gathering charge of light and power and beauty. 
and as the two energies meet in the bowl for the third time, there is a beautiful and brilliant pulse of light and energy that sends ripples of light and love and joy and peace through everyone present, through the circle, through the great oak guardians, through the forest and beyond, and rushing in all directions, into all dimensions, and toward all beings. And in the village, as the light of the full moon shines on her sleeping face, a small child smiles and dreams she is dancing on moonlight. Dear grandchildren, we lament the burning of the Library of Alexandria and the loss of so much knowledge as civilizations rise and fall. But what if the most important parts have not been lost? What if they're just hidden in plain sight? What if our greatest knowledge is not to be found in a vault, or among buried treasures, or in a forgotten stone palace, or laying at the bottom of an ocean? What memories are hidden in your bones and in your soul? What memories were you given by an ancestor in the far away long ago that are meant to be awakened today? How will you recover them and put them to work to ensure the knowledge and the wisdom you carry can be accessed as a part of the Great Awakening. As explained earlier, this month of August 2023 holds two full moons, and it seems an auspicious month to dwell on questions like these. In this episode, we considered how genetic memory works. In the next two episodes, for the new moon and the blue moon this month, we will look at stories about how to find your internal keys to unlock your hidden memories, and then how to apply this knowledge as it begins to surface. Thank you for listening to episode 15 of the Grandmother Stories. See you soon. This podcast is for my grandchildren. To share my deepest secrets, the lessons I've learned, and the brilliant pieces of incredible joy that I've managed to find, even in my darkest hours. I'm sending this out to all of you, dear grandchildren, because I know you have come into this life with a purpose, just like every single child on the planet today. It's easy to forget sometimes that your voice, your gifts, your insights, and your presence in the world matters. The world needs your light because we are all seeking light in dark times. Thank you.